Hello, and welcome to another special installment of the DCOM Duo. I'm Christopher James. I'm Danny Gregory. And it's Oscar time! It's Oscar time! So, as everyone should be very well aware, I was well aware because I got four texts and four Facebook messages, uh, Disney Channel is going to do a four-all-day decom special where they'll just be back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. I'm so excited. I hope you are all, too. You can get so prepared on all the decoms we're going to review um, at the very end of this episode, we will give you our personalized guides as what to watch, what to skip, personalize your experience. But first, it now that we have reached the end of the 90s, let's all shed a tear. Y2K has happened. Aww. And it's time for our very first DCOM Oscars. Yay! Now, we, as much as we love the sound mixers, sound editors, cinematographers, and original song composers. They don't matter. They do matter, but we have our own categories. Um, also, I would like to say, for those of you who grew up on Disney Channel, this is much like New Year's Eve on Disney Channel. We are awarding the best romances, the best fashion, the best TV villains. And the best, best friends. The best, best friends. You guys, we're so ready. It's New Year's Eve. It's Y2K. Pop open some champagne because you're an adult now, and let's Yay! go through um, our first category, I think it's always better to start with the best and then go to the worst, because okay. worst is always kind of fun. So let's go best fashion ensemble. Danny, would you like to present this? I will. First up, we have Aunt Judy's boutique outfits from Xenon. Let's be real, she had beautiful earrings. She had colors. She was Aunt Judy. She was Aunt Judy. Number two, we have Joey Lawrence goes country in horse sense. Better in boots. He was sexy. He was dressed inappropriately for the farm, but we loved it. Number three, Johnny Tsunami's mom in her Land's End catalog ensembles. She looked like a model. She looked like she was born for Vermont. There aren't a lot of people who can do that. Not even Bernie Sanders. She's beauty. She's grace. She's Miss Lands and Vermont United States. Yes! Next up, we have Emmy Rossum's adorable ensembles in, Je in I was going to say Jesus, in Genius. She's Jesus. She looks like she stepped out of Limited 2. And let's be real, girls out there, that's all we wanted in the late 90s. And finally, we have Xenon Spandex. The look of the future from Xena. So I want to get through these very quickly so we can get through all of our thoughts. Um, for me, I'm going to have to disqualify for my own voting. It's something kind of surprising, you guys. I am not going to vote for Joey Lawrence Goes Country because he kept his clothes on. Oh, I like this argument. So that's I out like for it. me. Um, Emmy Rossum's adorable clothes were adorable, but they weren't. They didn't stand out to me as much as these other three. Aunt Judy, Land's End Catalog, and Xenon Spandex all just really 
were great. Um, if I had to pick a vote, mm-hmm. oh, it's tough between there, but Aunt Judy's boutique outfits just filled me with so much joy. Xenon was fashion forward and really spoke a lot to character, and if we're talking in terms of actual costume design, she would win. Lance and catalog just made me all warm and fuzzy, like she must have been on those cold Vermont nights with her yeah. stalwart husband. But, um, and it, I just have to go with Aunt Judy's boutique outfits because it was just, I feel like the actress had a lot to do with it and she killed it. Wow. Wow, guys. What do you think, Danny? Um, so, so I have a debate for you. Um, definitely gonna, Emmy, love you, but no. Um, I will take your, your Joey Lawrence, uh, argument. He should have been naked. So we're going to let that one go too. But I think the most iconic of these looks is Xenon. Yeah. Um, you know what? I will, I'll switch my vote to Xenon. You will? Yeah. Xenon's going to win. Yeah. That was such a close one for me. Xenon wins. Um, unfortunately, Kirsten Storm is looking for a man right now and killing at the single mom game. So she was not here to accept her award, except <laughs> on her behalf. Yay, Kirsten. Yay. I think now, we should have little clips. I'll insert them of them, oh, like, saying something. Please do. I will. Um, so now we bring to the other side of the coin, worst fashion ensemble. Now, here to present is myself. Yay, Christopher James. Yay! We have Francis Bacon, whose look could be described as librarian very into the 17th century literature from Don't Look Under the Bed. We've got the Halloween Town Citizens, from Halloween Town, looking like spirit came to life in a very bad way. Debbie Reynolds' Halloween costume gifts for Halloween Town. Note, this is not for Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds is magical. <laughs> and she this, always looks good. This is for the gifts that she got her children because she just really phoned it in that year. Um, for the spiky-haired bully on Smart House, his clothes were ill-fitting. His hair was preposterous. There was a lot wrong with it. And cake folding did not let him into the party. And lastly was um, Lee Thompson Jr.'s Whoopi Goldberg hair in Johnny Tsunami, the um, hat that he put on. So, Danny, what are your thoughts? All right, here we go. Well, I am going to say I loved the Whoopi Goldberg hat. I want one for myself. So that's gone. Um, As horrible as Halloween Town was... A lot of people love Halloween Town, and it was, I mean, just costume thing. Um, Frances Bacon, I think it went with her character. So I'm going to go with the spiky-haired bully from Smart House. His clothes were terrible. They really encapsulated everything I hate about 90s fashion and everything I hate about the boys that wouldn't date me when I was 10. So, um... (laughs) Because you were so trying to get into the spiky-haired bully. I love those spiky-haired boys in the 90s, but not the bully. So I'm voting spiky-haired bully. I will also co-sign spiky-haired bully as the winner for this. But with a very, very close honorable mention to the Halloween costumes that Debbie Reynolds picked up for her (laughs) grandchildren. Because I bet she was so excited to see her grandkids and she had everything planned. And then when that bus arrived, she just went... Oh shit! I I didn't give them anything. What the fuck? Well, of course, Frumpy <laughs> Jessica Chastain is not going to have a costume for them. What do I do? What do I do? Fuck it. Aww. That was Debbie Reynolds. Fuck it. I'm over it. Moment. But spiky-haired bully wins. Yay! <laughs> he was too busy, just not knowing what we're doing, and 
kind of crying himself into a hole after the latest TBT he posted to his Instagram reminded him of this. So he was not here to accept his award. (laughs) We accept on his behalf. Yay. Okay, a couple of things. We're going to, you know... Do some some brief discussions between categories. Um, first of all, I wonder who's listening to this right now. I hope you're listening at one in the morning while you're waiting for your next decom to come on. This is really what you should be doing. Second of all, um, oh, that's a great yes. It is. Great. Everyone should listen to this episode. It's gonna be wonderful. It's mostly me and Chris just clapping, doing golf claps. Um, also, Chris, I wanted to ask, what did you do on New Year's Y2K, and did you think the world was going to end? Um, I did not. Strangely enough, everyone in my town throughout my whole life has been predicting that world's end, (laughs) but not really any of them predicted Y2K. So that was strange. Um, What I did is, I remember on, this is going to be blasphemous, but I was watching Nickelodeon. Oh, no! And they, this was when, like, Rosie O'Donnell was really into Nickelodeon at this time. And she instructed everyone to, like, make a paper bag full of, your, like, your hopes and dreams. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you did it. And no, not only did I do that, I made every single one of a person in my family, so my mom and my dad and my brother, make it as well. My brother Aww. just smeared a lot of things on a paper bag and then broke it. <laughs> my mom, like, basically made a vision board and took it really seriously. Aww. Craig just didn't decorate his bag and just said... Hooray! But he tried because he's an awesome dad. Um, I went through like a week-long nature phase that then ended up not falling through into a real phase. Uh-huh. And this was at the apex of this. So I was wishing for peace and animals. And then I realized I didn't like animals. <laughs> and I didn't really like the outdoors. And that was just a week. A week in my life. <laughs> I attended a U.S. Tennis Association party that year. With my mother, who worked for U.S. Tennis Association. Um, And I do believe I stayed up till midnight, so... I definitely did as well. Although I think I realized, um, and apparently parents still do this, and my parents pulled this on me because they don't like to stay up late because they wake up at 4 a.m. because they're children of farmers. But they would put on the East Coast feed of the New Year celebrations, and... They'd be like, yay, it's midnight. But it was actually only 9 o'clock. And they fooled us with this throughout our childhood. Oh, interesting. I mean, I grew up on the East Coast, so they couldn't really do that. Yeah. That was a thing. Anywho. So, um, up next to present our next award in um, is Danny Gregory. For our musical performances. I'll put some clips in. All right. Here are our best musical performances. First, C'est La Vie. Performed by Bewitched in Smart House. Slam Dunk Defunk, also in Smart House. Jump Jump, also in Smart House. Zoom Zoom Zoom, as performed by Protozoa in Xenon. And finally, Brink, the song that plays at the end of Brink. What a lineup. Such a, it's really hard. Um, actually, it is hard between two of them. First off, I just want to say I love that Smart House went on Godfather Part 2 supporting actor category <laughs> in 1974 on this, which for all of you that don't follow the Oscars like me, means three out of five nominees from the Godfather Part 2 were nominated for supporting actor. Um, but anyways, 
I have to immediately get rid of Slam Dunk the Funk and Brink. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as I don't want to do this, I do have to get rid of Say La Vie only because Jump Jump and Zoom 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 are classics. This are absolute true. classics. And I'm going to go with the one that really represented my childhood for me more, and that is Jump Jump. <gasps> I what? jumped, jumped like no other as a Like kid. the house was jumping. Um, I think, Danny, from your gasp, I can tell. I you disagree were, with you so hardcore. You, you were going to pick, um, it's say zoom, it. zoom, zoom. So this comes to the point of the episode where I'm going to point something obvious out to you listeners. I am a boy. Danny is a girl. <laughs> this is, this is what gender does to us. You're either, you're not boy or girl. You're either jump, jump or zoom, zoom, zoom. It's Obviously, Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. Oh, it was performed jump- live by Protozoa. He had little popcorn hair spikes. So now you're kind of doing like a Revenant versus Spotlight situation where you're going, because it was a big event, it means it's better. Whereas I think Jump Jump is more relatable. It's about throwing your first house party and having being the coolest kid for just that brief moment and everyone just loving you. How is that more relatable than a song about love? It's not about what the song says. It's what about the song represents in my heart. This song represents Xenon giving something to her best friend. Giving uh, her her love. Giving her her support. Giving Raven a moment in the spotlight. I think we're going to have to agree to disagree. This will be our very first tie. Oh, okay. Much like... Barbara Streisand and Katherine Hepburn for Funny Girl and Lion in Winter. We do have a tie. Thank you both very much for not being here. <laughs> Your music will live on in our hearts. Always. So, as Danny probably thinks of me, I am a villain. And so, <laughs> especially is, after that category. Chris is going to present our best villains. <clears throat> the nominees are Frederick Coffin as Wyndham. Wyndham in Xenon. Zach Bostrom as Brett in Johnny Tsunami. <laughs> Sam Horrigan as Val in Brink. Robin Thomas as Calabar in Halloween Town. And the bank as personified by the American economy in Horse Sense. It's Danny, a tough category. Who do you think? I mean, <laughs> um, I almost want to go for the bank because <laughs> because I I am not very happy with capitalist America. And let's be real, like a faceless villain is almost worse than a villain with a face. And that poor mother, that single mother whose husband had died. Yes, like. All these actors are really great, but the bank. Oh, see, it is no question for me. (laughs) Only one movie out of this whole series made me cry. And it was the horse sense because of the bank. That poor single mother acted her way through a wonderful monologue because the bank was trying to take their farm. My little Wells Fargo horsey right here that I got from product placement in also, that's coach. kind of ironic. It's a bank horse. Yes. Okay. <gasps> oh, go away. <laughs> Chris just threw the horse across the room. Well, actually, come back. 
Now he's chasing after the horse. To accept the award for best villain on behalf of the bank is the Wells Fargo horse. What do you have to say for yourself? I love forcing single mothers to sell their farms. I'm almost embarrassed of this. You are not. But I'm not. Congratulations, Wells Fargo horse. Great. So, Danny is very apt to present this next award because she is my best friend. Yay! That's an intro now. Go! Oh. Um, in the category of best best friend, we have Raven Simone, the girl who Skyped to planet Earth before Skype was a thing. Rudy Sade, who played Joanne in Don't Look Under the Bed. She was immature, she wore overalls, but she was adorable. (sighs) Lee Thompson Young, who played Sam in Johnny Tsunami. He flew across the country to run away with his best friend. Mm -hmm. Justin John Ross, the boy who threw himself in the ocean even when he couldn't swim. And finally, Christina Vidal from Brink. She took a tumble, but she was always <laughs> there for him. Oh my gosh. Every one of those descriptions was perfect. Thank you. So the person who I'm going to disqualify for, or not disqualify, that's bad, but the person I'm going to X first, um, I'm sorry, he's not going to go on for a Heath Ledger win, Lee Thompson Young. <gasps> I know. And I'm also going to um, I really almost wanted to vote for, vote for Christina Vidal just because you said she took a tumble. <laughs> but no, I'm sorry. Um, so the anarchist in me that wants to see the world burn wants to vote for Rudy today. <laughs> um, like, you're great, Rudy. You did wonderful with your two scenes. But, like, let's be real. We're up against Raven and Justin John Ross. Now, Raven is Raven. She's... <laughs> Kind of flawless as Nebula. Would you yes. agree? Yes. But Justin John Ross threw himself into a swimming pool when he couldn't swim and did all these sacks. I'm really tempted to go with Justin John Ross instead of Raven. Can you talk Ooh. me off this ledge? What do you think? I mean, for me, it would have been more between Lee Thompson Young and Raven. No. I think they're probably the most iconic best friends. Um, but I, I think if you're debating, let's. Let's go with Raven. I think we should go with Raven. I'm, you know what? Yes to Nebula. Yes, yes to Nebula. Yes, <laughs> Nebula. All right. In our next category for best love interest, here presenting, we have the man who just completed his fifth date, <gasps> Christopher James. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's probably all going downhill from here, and you'll be hearing about it later. But anywho, we have... Courtney Draper, the 13th year, she was a redhead, and she loved to play with boys' emotions. Oh. Gregory Smith, Xenon, he was kind of a wet blanket, but he was also kind of aggressively approachable. (laughs) But more than that, he took Xenon on a date to pet a horse. (laughs) Emmy Rossum, for genius. She was a brainiac and a skater. Chaz tried to win her over by being cool, but what she always really wanted was just some true, honest connection. 
Kirsten Storm for Johnny Tsunami. Rich girls sometimes really do love the kid from the other side of the tracks. <laughs> and Erica Christensen from Can of Worms. It's hard, very hard, to have chemistry with Mike Pillsbury. She didn't quite do it, but she tried very, very hard. And for that, we salute you. Also, she's Erica Christensen. Also, I love you and swim fan. <laughs> um, it's no question. It's no question, but Danny. Um, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose some things here. Of all the characters, the only two to actually share a physical connection were Courtney Draper and Gregory Smith. I will also say, as much as I did not like Gregory Smith, Xenon went on some pretty cute dates. But we all know who the real winner is here. Yes, Emmy Rossum. Emmy Rossum. Emmy Rossum, come up to get your awards. All right, so, so now... Is, is one of our in-between segments. I'm going to ask you, Chris. In the year 2000, who were you in love with? Oh, my gosh. That was... Oh, that didn't open for... Well, so the person I was most in love with, I had a lot of loves. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was like... Another reason why I relate to Annie Hall, I was definitely that kid that always had, like, the schoolyard crushes. Uh-huh. And it would, like, last for, like, three weeks. And oh, mine lasted years. I mean, oh, wait, no. It would last It would last a school year, and i get really <laughs> protective of it, but then I would end up ch- changing it. So, you know, I had a lot of those, but my true undying love, since I was six and saw Pretty Woman way too young, was Julia Roberts. Uh-huh. And it was only further cemented in 2000, when in March she would release Aaron Brockovich, for which I would buy my mom the VHS of Aaron Brockovich because I wanted her to like that movie, and she did, and I wanted to see it uninhibited. And so I'd wait until she got loopy from her nap, and then I would watch Aaron Brockovich, and then I cheered her on in March of 2001 when she won her Oscar. Yay. Yay Who's your crush? Um, I did not have a real celebrity crush until Harry Potter came out, and then I thought I was going to marry... Dan Radcliffe. Um, however, at this time, I was very much in love with a family friend of ours who was four years older than me. And a couple years ago, um, he and I met up again. Uh, and I am just gonna say he was not exactly how I thought he'd turn out. So, um, <laughs> Not, not, not to brag. Uh huh. Um, but I do remember, and I'm actually good friends with all of these women still today. But around this time, I didn't know this. Um, but there were some people I was family friends with that all went to a different school, so they didn't hang out with me on a day to day basis. So they didn't really realize how weird I am. Uh huh. But they formed the. Christopher James Club, and it was just Stop them it. talking about how in love with me that they were. Stop it. And I didn't find out about this until later, and then every single one of them turned out to be wonderful people, but also incredibly attractive. Oh, wow. Well. So, there you go. I also, at this time, had a... I, I was still in love with my kindergarten crush, because let's be real, this was second grade. Um, he's now a race car driver, you guys. What? And he he's probably the hottest of all the guys I liked Wait, when I was little. I want him to be my new crush now. Yeah. And my friends and I in second grade started a band. It it was called CLW. And that stood for the first initials of all the boys we liked. 
Oh that. my god. That sounds like he took like a blood oath. That's wonderful yes. and I love everything about that. Yes. Now, I think Danny has talked about this um, on the podcast before, but maybe not to the extent that I know that Danny has the best sibling ever. Sorry, Brandon. I Actually, no, I love my little brother, Brandon. But I love Brandon. He and I were messaging last weekend. Of course you were. But <laughs> um, Danny and her sister, um, I, almost called, I almost said her sister, Rory. <laughs> uh, my sister and I are basically Lorelai and Rory from Gilmore Girls. Her sister, Riley, mm-hmm. is great. So it would be fitting that Danny present the next category, Best oh, yes. Sibling. Also, Riley um, gets in next week, so maybe she'll do an episode with us. Oh, she definitely should. Also, you all should watch Sister Society, our former YouTube show. Anyway, <clears throat> Best Sibling. First, we have Katie Volding, who told her brother to skate better in Brink. Again, Kate Volding in Smart House, who danced around to say la vie, and was the bouncer at her brother's house party. Then we have Nathan Stevens from Don't Look Under the Bed. He gave his bone marrow to his little brother. There's not much more that you could ask from a brother. Then we have Holly Fulger as Aunt Judy. She allowed her sister's daughter to come from space to earth to stay with her, this single woman. What a good sister. Finally, Robin Thomas, as the brother-in-law in in horse sense. He may not have been a blood brother, but he did everything he could to try to help his sister-in-law save her farm. So I have a question before I decide on this category. Mm -hmm. Are we rewarding them best in terms of them being a sibling or best in terms of them as a character? I think, because I have my opinion on who needs to win this. Okay. Um, I I think best as a character. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to immediately disqualify Nathan Stevens for Don't Look Under the Bed. It was amazing that he gave his bone marrow to his little brother. Mm-hmm. He should have also given his bone to Joanne, <laughs> who wanted it, and he did not. Yes. So, out. <laughs> out. Um, and also... Kate Boulding was not really a great sister in Brink. I mean, she was great being the sister in Brink, but she was mm-hmm. not not the most fleshed out. Um, Robin Thomas for Horse Sense, he had a lot of really great moments, but not enough to win for me. Kind of like Viola was great in Doubt, but not enough to topple Penelope Cruz That's and Victor Christina Barcelona. Um, so I hate to do this because... Lord knows Aunt Judy is life. But in terms of like the traditional role of a sibling sibling in a DCOM, no one perfected it like Kate Boulding in Smart House. Yes. (laughs) I am so for this. Yes. I'm so glad we're in agreement. Yes, Kate Boulding, wherever you are, you are amazing. And I also implore all of you to take a moment and go watch the movie Au Pair, another great sisterly performance by Kate Boulding. Danny is all for strong sister role models. I am. I am. Okay. Be a good sister. I am letting my sister come stay in my shoebox apartment. In your bed. Um, she actually just got a uh, Pottery Barn floor bed. But let's be real. <laughs> she's going to end up in my bed. And this will be the third summer that has happened. So 
great. Sisters. Well, we have our Ah, uh, All right. To present this next category, let's be real. Christopher James has some of the best parents I have ever met. Aww. They took me, I mean, not only me, other people, on the most wonderful wine tasting trip. His mother, Susan, and I text on a weekly basis about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. We are very excited for its premiere next week, which is probably this week if you're listening to this. Um, so, Chris, would you like to present Best Parent? On a side note, my mother does like Danny more than me because <laughs> she can't talk about JoJo and her men. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. Susan, if you're listening, props. You're my bestie. So, <laughs> we have some nominees. Mary Page Keller for Johnny Tsunami. She wore Land's End. She wore a concerned face. She wore them both well. <laughs> Dave Coulier for the 13th year. He used some of that goodwill from Full House to make him a likable father to a kid who is obviously masturbating too much in the, <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> Susan Walters for Horse Sense. She may not have known how to keep a farm running all on her own as a single mother struggling with the bank, but she knew how to keep it tight and have some hot sexual chemistry with her very hot nephew. nephew. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Garlington for Can of Worms. You sold VHSs to cruise ships. You have done the Lord's work. And Carrie Hoyuki Tagawa for Johnny Tsunami. You were a grandfather to um, Johnny Kapahala. You bagged a lot of women in your day. Thank you very much for your service, good sir. <laughs> now, Danny, your thoughts. All right. Well, I think that that Carrie was a great grandfather, but I, I don't think he was a good father. So I'm going to eliminate him. Um, I know who my real winner is, but I'll, I'll, I'm going to tell you all my thoughts. Um, Lee Garlington was a great mom. She was basically me. She was like super fun and sold cruise ship videos, but she's not memorable enough. So we're letting her go. Susan Walters, you were hot, but you couldn't really provide for your son and you two were going to end up living in a trailer park. No. Mary Page Keller, you needed to keep your husband in line a little bit more. Like, you looked good and you were nice at Johnny Tsunami, but your husband, like, keep him in line. I vote for Dave Coulier because Joey Gladstone never had any children, and he would have been a great dad. And Dave Coulier killed it in the 13th year. Go for it, Chris. I am going to heavily contest this best parent category. Okay, let's go. Um, Carrie, unfortunately, raised a wet blanket of a son, so Mm -hmm. he's out. Um, Mary Page Keller looked wonderful in Land's End, but, I mean, that, let's face it, that's what she did. Yeah. So, no. Um, for me, you're just kind of, you are doing, you're being the Leo DiCaprio voter for The (gasps) Revenant. You're voting for Dave Coulier's past performances, and you're not solely looking at the 13th year. Dave Coulier was wonderful. He ran a boat business. That he made his son try and fix, and there was dangerous things going hey, on there. he was a good adoptive father. He saved this baby. You're pulling the adoption card on I me. I am. I'm pulling the adoption card on you. No. No. 
for me, it is between Susan Walters and Lee Garlington. And as much as I want to give it to Lee Garlington, and I do so much want to give it to Lee Garlington, Susan Walters nailed that monologue. She nailed her performance. She taught her son so much about respect and dignity and honor. She almost had sex with her nephew. No. No, she did not. Yes, she did. You know what? Even if she almost did, did she? Now look at what each of them did. Dave Coulier couldn't... He also could not really keep his business afloat. He had a lovely house. He charged $5 for a shoddy boat ride. He, he was, was not when his son became a merman. He was definitely on his second mortgage, and he was probably about to lose that house, but they couldn't... But they didn't put that in the movie because it was not a masturbation joke. He made joke. sure his son went to the doctor, even though his wife didn't want him to. No. No, no, no. What? Susan Walters put it all on the line as a struggling single mother, and she even... Res- you know what? How about this? She resisted her urges to sleep with her nephew. She resisted and was she successful. She didn't take help. No, she didn't take no, help because she taught dignity. She taught dignity to her son, and look at how it paid off. They were able to find some loop-de-doo law, so she didn't have to sacrifice her dignity. How are we going to pick a winner? Are we going to have to tie again? This is not a tie. It is so not a tie. Dave Coulier is a winner. Susan Walters. I just want to mention, our honorable mention went to Kevin Kilner of Smart House. But we figured he was more of a sex symbol than anything else. Like Susan Walters, who's also a sex symbol. She was a sex symbol who did everything for her son. You just want to fuck her. <laughs> I want to... So, same with Kevin Kilner, but he's not even nominated. So look at me. I'm putting my own proclivities aside to choose the best parent. You you have a thing for Dave Coulier, too. If you were in Full House, you already have a lady boner for them. No, I would have picked John Stamos in Full House. You would have, but John Stamos was not in a Disney movie. Or Disney Channel original movie in the 1990s. He should have been. He should have been. He would have been nominated, probably. And you would have picked him then, too. For the... Oh, I almost said for the exact same reasons I'm picking Susan Walters. But that's not true, because <laughs> she did a wonderful performance. I think we're going to have to come back to this category. I think we're going to have to call it a stalemate and a tie. Ugh. On to our next category. Best nostalgia moments. Now, Danny loves her nostalgia, so let's let's have her take it away. All right. Though Xenon was a movie about the future, the computers were not very futuristic. And so we have Xenon hacks in to a 90s computer. Next up. We have Ben Cooper busts some 90s dance moves in Smart House 2, The House is Jumping. Brink uses 90s phrases that we will never use again. Protozoa looks like a 90s pop star, despite the futuristic theme. And finally, Kate Volding watches a Bewitched music video. Oh my, so every single one of these is perfect. They are. Um... I have a clear winner for myself just because it's a moment that just so perfectly encapsulates what the 90s are. If we were to save one clip from all of the 90s to explain to future generations what it was like, Kate Volding watching a Bewitched music video would be that moment. That's nice. I thought you were going to say Ben Cooper dancing. That was a great moment, too. You know, all... All five of these are wonderful, and you can make a case for any one of them. But I'm putting my vote and my love behind Kate Volding Watches a Bewitched music video. Oh, I'll go with that one, too. That was my first CD ever. Um, 
that in like that's a single moment that is 90s if we wanted i could do an entire podcast of me singing that first bewitched album because i still know all the words that's wonderful um the only ones that i would have taken out of this category are not taken out but i could have eliminated straight off yeah uh, Xenon hacks into a 90s computer and Brink uses 90s phrases. Oh, see, I would have kept Brink uses 90s phrases because some of those sentences will never be said again. Interesting. I almost would have... I, no, but I, I think that your debate was so good. I, I like Protozoa looks like a 90s pop star, but because of the futuristic um, yeah, themes, we'll I agree. let it go. So, Kate Boulding, congratulations. Second win tonight. Second win, Kate Boulding. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Four for you, two for you, Kate Folding. You go, Kate Folding. Yay. And none for Dave Coulier. Dave Coulier won. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. We saw Dave Coulier a couple weeks ago, actually. We did. He it was, was with great. Becky with the good hair. He was with Becky with the good and hair. And her hair looked good. It did. Anyways, so Meryl Streep, Whoopi Goldberg, Monique, Gina Davis. What do all of these wonderful, fierce women have in common? They are all supporting actress winners. Now, let me take you through the five women who may or may not join that illustrious rank. Holly Fluger as Aunt Judy, Judy and Xenon. You opened your heart, you opened your home, and you opened a mid-sized boutique. You did all of them with poise and grace. Thank you. Frida Foshen as Arlene in Horse Sense. You ran a very large household, but you ran it with an iron fist, and you did not accept any of the bull that Joey Lawrence was putting on you. Thank you, Arlene. Raven Simone as Nebula in Xenon. You were a fierce, proud best friend who got her due in the end. You showed that loyalty, above all, is what we cherish amongst the people we keep closest to us. Kate Volding in Smart House as... What was her name? name? <laughs> you, may not have, you may not have a memorable name, but you've got a memorable joie de vie. Your thirst for life and excitement, all wrapped up in the wonderfully pure mind of a young woman just about ready to come to age, who has to learn the dangers of technology. And she's already won two categories tonight. Yes, Kate Folding. <laughs> and Susan Walters as a struggling single mother trying to save a farm in horse sense. You gave great face, you gave great monologue, and you know that hard work and beauty can coexist. Thank you so much for your service. Now, Danny, who do you vote for for Best Supporting Actress? There is a clear winner in my mind. There it, is a clear winner in my mind, too. It is Holly Fulger. It is Holly Fulger. A Xenon. You, Holly Fulger, get yes. up here. Get up here and accept your much-deserved reward. That was one of the greatest performances of DCOM history. What I loved so much about this performance is how she really showed how adults do have flaws, and not in the typical way that parents just don't understand. It's really hard for children to learn that outside of their own um, conflicts, that parents ha don't have all the answers, and that sometimes they're just as lost as kids. 
And Aunt Judy, though she had her conflicts and her internal debates, she was not above asking for help. Aunt Judy was wonderful. What a complex woman. What a complex character. What a what a big heart. I oh Kate Holly Fluger, just get up here and accept your award. We love you, Holly. We love you, Holly. <laughs> okay. Now Danny, supporting actor. Ah. Supporting actor. Jared Leto. I'm just gonna put that name out there. <laughs> uh, in this category, we have some some great performances. Um, we have David Graff as the father in Brink. He gave a good monologue. <laughs> we have Sam Horrigan, the strangely sexual villain, also from Brink. Kevin Kilner, Smart House, the sexual father in Smart House. Philip Rice, Xenon, as Protozoa, the pop star we will never forget. And finally, Lee Thompson Young, Johnny Tsunami, as the best, best friend other than Nebula. That's a very, very powerful word. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so I really want to create a whole subsection of my DVD collection mm-hmm. and categorize it Strangely sexual villain. Strangely sexual. Because that's wonderful. Um, I would put in that category Jafar from Aladdin. What? Okay, that whole scene where like Jasmine is twirling his goatee. I was a little bit disturbed by that as a child. I think it was a little inappropriate. Jafar was a very sexual villain. Well, also, you pretty much know that he comes off very gay. No, he doesn't. He's yes, hitting, he does. He's hitting on Jasmine the whole time. Yeah. You think he's hitting on Aladdin? Yeah. No, we're going to rewatch this movie. I'm, I can show you some articles. Jafar Danny, is not gay. He's so into Jasmine. Danny, Danny, Danny. I mean, I'm not the expert. I am kind of the expert. You are the expert. <laughs> the fact that you're attracted to him is a very big sign. I didn't say I was attracted to Jafar. Uh, I'm just saying he's... Anyways. Okay. Um, so Guys, I'm only attracted to gay men. It's a problem. Yeah, it is. Um, so we will also post a poll somewhere, maybe on Tumblr. Um, is Jafar gay or not? Is Jafar gay or not? Um, but back to what I actually think about this category. So I'm going to... Great monologue, David Graff, but I'm going to cut you out. Um, Lee Thompson Young, you're really good in that movie, but no. You're really mean to Lee Thompson Young. I nominated him on here. He deserves his nomination. Just because he's fourth place does not mean I don't dislike him. Okay. Um, I would have made him second. Okay, go ahead. Sam Horgan did really interesting things with um, Val and Brink, and I was really on board for that. I really liked how thirsty Kevin Kilner was. But for me, an iconic performance is an iconic performance, and Protozoa is all sorts of of iconic. I agree. This... He he was a shoo-in for this category. Oh, absolutely. Like, that is just... His it's an role, overpowering performance. It is. And his role was even smaller than some of these other characters. But he... He really... Yeah. Im- like, that is what, a, what this movie was about. As an actor, you know this. Like, he's what a supporting performer is. Oh, yes. Like, he is... Oh, yes. Protozoa. Give it up, Zoom, everyone. zoom, zoom. You make zoom, our zoom. hearts go boom, boom, boom. 
We would also like to note that Justin John Ross from the 13th year got an honorable mention. He was, uh, you know, everyone just always, there's always that sixth slot. And yeah. he was such a sixth slot. It's hard. It's hard. Now, much like in 2005, when we just had to nominate Judy Dench for Mrs. Henderson Presents because we really c- couldn't find our leading ladies. There were, it was tough to find the leading ladies for Best Actress. Now, this is not to denigrate any of these wonderful five women who each earned their spot here, but it just kind of shows. In 1990s, Disney needed to create more strong leading roles for females. They did. Because each one of these five women delivered. Mm-hmm. Now, let's take a look at all of their performances. Kimberly J. Brown as Marnie in Halloween Town. She was the example that you can be weird, you can be obsessed with dead creatures, but you can also have some wonder and excitement in life and not be a wet blanket. So thank you for that. Wet blanket is like my favorite term. I know. Uh, Katie Seagal in Smart House. Never has a computer had more torrential emotions. Thank you for bringing that to us and for making me hide Hide, hide, hide <laughs> every time I watch Smart Making House. lots of little kids hide. Debbie Reynolds for Halloween Town. I don't know how much acting you did and how much of this was a documentary, but what you, you taught us that being normal is vastly overrated, and you led with example with your bag first and funky hairdo and wonderful smile last. So thank you very much for being Debbie Reynolds. Emmy Rossum for Genius. You were smart. You were driven. You were successful. You were good at ice skating. You were what we all wanted to be. And you became Emmy Rossum. Thank you. And then Kirsten Storm, Xenon, in Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. Xenon went through quite a journey across space and Earth to become the hero we all knew she could be. Danny, take it away. I'm going to say that I have a clear winner, but I I am going to argue a little bit. Um, okay. Debbie Reynolds is the grandmother we all wanted. She, I mean, I love my grandmother, so not really, but um, she looked very soft and comfy. She looked so soft and comfy, and that takes, oh my gosh, Oh, you're almost swaying me. I, I just want to cuddle with her. Um, Emmy Rossum, if we were going on uh, Oscar monologues, I would have said hers was probably a little too dramatic. Like, she, she didn't play it real enough. Um, it was very theatrical. Getting a little criticism over here. Yes. Um, Katie Seagal was the, uh, what do you call her? The evil queen from Snow White of our generation scaring children and that that's a big role um kimberly j brown i'll let her go but the the clear winner here the clear winner here is kirsten storms as xenon i would love i would write an essay right now about how this category is basically the 2007 best actress lineup (laughs) i want you to write this comparative essay now let me start from my thoughts on that and my uh-huh. thoughts on this. Um, number five, Kimberly J. Brown is the Kate Blanchett and Elizabeth the Golden Age of this category. 
both just don't really nail it and are here for God knows what reason. I'm sorry, Kimberly. Actually, you did fine, but still. We're waiting for you in Quince. It's a better performance. Yeah. So, out. Um, Katie Seagal in Smart House is Laura Linney from The Savages. You kind of surprised in this category. You had some really fierce venom to get out and did it in interesting ways. And we're really happy you're here. But you don't take the gold. Emmy Rossum is Ellen Page and Juno. You're young, you're fresh, and you just made your leap onto TV, and it worked. And we want to see more of you. But is it a little too early to give you a DCOM Oscar? We think so. Debbie Reynolds in Halloween Town is Julie Christie from a, um, oh, the Alzheimer's movie. <laughs> Chris now has Alzheimer's. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's not a way we go. It's about her. It's something like that. Um, anywho, you're the old veteran who is giving a master class of how it is done. And you are showing it's all how it is done. And you're also looking kind of comfy while doing it. Thank you. And everyone did think you were going to win. But little did you know, a young performer with immense talent, would come out of the wings and get this surprise win and just blow everyone away. Kirsten Storms, you are the Marianne Cotillard in La Vian Rose. Yes! You are the winner. Oh, for a 13-year-old, that performance, iconic. Iconic. We all are still basing our lives off of Xenon. Can we also just take a quick moment because Xenon does not have a male lead nominated here today. So Xenon has won three out of the four acting categories. Wow. Not since Network in 1976 when Peter Finch, <laughs> Faye Dunaway, and Beatrice Strait all did that. Has that happened at the Oscars? Even though these are the DCOM Oscars, we are still counting it, so... Thank you, Xenon, Yay, for Zenon. giving great performances. Big, small, near, far, wherever you are. I believe that your hearts are all going on. Yes. Oh, now, is it my turn to present? It's your turn to present. Oh, all right. In the best actor category, we have some good choices. First of all, bringing the sex appeal, Joey Lawrence in Horse Sense. I mean, what character growth? Really, and and those brooding looks. Ugh. I mean, we we are salivating in our seats watching these Oscar clips. Um, strong second in the sexy category, but still a little too young. Ryan Merriman <laughs> from Smart House. I mean, what? That was a heart wrenching performance. He tried to recreate his mother with a computer. And, and it broke all of our hearts. Trevor Morgan, ingenious. He basically played two different characters, you know? He is like the Tatiana, how do you pronounce her last name? Maslani. He is the Tatiana Maslani of this category. Um, Chez Starbuck. Not only did he have a great name, but he really showed us what it would be like to become a merman. I mean, that is not easy to play. He was going through some really difficult changes. Not just his voice. Not just pubic hair. There were scales. And finally, Eric Von Detten in Brink. How difficult is it 
to play a high skateboarder? Very difficult. <laughs> but he had the sexy hair to pull it off. Now, I like I really enjoy this category. I feel like they all really epitomize what it is to be in a Disney Channel original movie. They do. Although, oh, I wanted to just say honorable mention to Brandon Baker as Johnny Tsunami. And I think that's really telling because he is a six-slot, like, he, a performance that strong still could not make it in. I know. So, I know. Um, anywho, um, I have to, after I just um, lauded all these praises on these guys, I got to immediately cut out Chez Starbuck and Eric Von Detten. Okay. They were good, but they were definitely like a clear fourth and fifth place. I agree. I would agree. Um, Joey Lawrence, maybe I'm just clouded by all the um, attire he was wearing. Um <laughs> But I do really like the arc that he went on, and I thought he really showed a whole lot of charisma and good acting skills. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I almost felt like it was so easy for him. I'm just going to put him at a really good number three, good solid number three. And it's not really close for me who the winner is, but I really want to give a shout-out to Ryan Merriman because his character in Smart House was a lot more complex than I had realized and remembered. Mm -hmm. And he really did that incredibly well. But Trevor Morgan just was such an amazing talent. He really crafted two unique, different personas and showed how they overlapped and how they differed. And I just felt like his journey and his arc was so great, but I loved his energy. It was insatiable. He was a true talent that I want to see more of. And so it's a clear winner for me here. Interesting. So so I... If, if we had to go based solely on acting, I think I would probably pick Joey Lawrence. But here's my problem. I think that Joey Lawrence is a little too old for this category. Whereas... I mean, we had... Debbie Reynolds was I know, we had actress. several older actresses. But I, I really think that these awards deserve to go to the younger kids because these are children's movies and we want to see kids doing the acting. So so that's why I think the older actresses don't win. Um, I would almost pick Ryan Merriman over Trevor Morgan, but I like your argument. So I think let, let's give it to Trevor Morgan. Trevor Morgan. Trevor Genius. Morgan. Thank you very much. Surprise winner, I would say, too. I think a lot of people yeah. don't remember Genius. I know. I'm really happy that I got this. I hope it gets a box office boost now. <laughs> I hope or at so least too. more people listen to our Genius episode because it's one of my favorites. Yeah, listen to Genius, you guys. So, Danny, we came into this kit. We started together. We're going to end this together. Let's do Best Picture. All right. I'm going to pause it. Thrust from his comfortable life surfing in Hawaii. Johnny Kapahala is taken by his wet blanket of a father to Vermont, where he makes lemon out of lemonade and learns to ski, but comes um, in conflict with rich pricks. This is Johnny Tsunami. A boy tries to save his family by moving into a computer-programmed house and wreaks max havoc. What is the title? Smart House. <laughs> a fabulous girl from the future tries so hard to do right but then gets exiled on earth to live with her wonderfully amazing aunt and in the process finds love but realizes her true heart 
is with her BFF, with space, and with saving the world as we know it. This is Xenon, girl of the 21st century. Now, drumroll, Danny, I want us to grab our hands and say the winner together. Xenon! <laughs> Yay! I would also like to point out that our Xenon episode at the moment has 70 listens, which is more than any of the other ones. With Zen- Smart House in a close second. Xenon really brings everyone together. It brought me and Danny together. Mm-hmm. It brought Xenon and Nebula together. It brought Protozoa and Nebula together. Xenon and Greg. Aunt Judy and Captain Plank. Aunt Judy and her wonderful boutique skills. We don't even know if she ran a boutique. <laughs> yes, we do. It brought many people Oscars tonight. Everyone, gather up on stage. So, <laughs> we've got one last thing, and I... I think we've been keeping you here long enough, hearing basically about how we are sexually attracted to one of the Lawrence brothers and that we love Xenon. So we're going to do rapid fire round, watch or skip. This is the schedule for the four-day decom marathon. We each picked 25 you should watch out of them because, let's face it, y'all got to eat and sleep. So um, I'll do Friday, you do Saturday, I'll do Sunday, you do Monday. Okay. We're going to do quick, and then maybe a one-liner about why or not. Okay. Friday. Start out with Kim Possible movie. So the drama. Danny? Skip. I hate Kim Possible. Watch. I love Kim Possible. You're awful. Read it and weep. One, two, three. Skip. skip. Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior. Watch. watch. It's hilarious. You gotta watch it. I actually really want to rewatch it, because I don't remember it too well, but that's fine. I'm putting it on there. Jump in. Watch, because Corbin Blue is sexy. Skip because jump roping, really? <laughs> Lemonade mouth. Skip. What is it? <laughs> Zapped. I have no idea. Skip. Skip. Just watch the R-rated one with boobs. <laughs> one, two, three. High School Musical 2. Watch. Gosh. It's the best of the High School Musicals. No, wait. It's the worst. No, it's the best. Go They're on a it. golf course singing out angst. That's my life. Cheetah Girls 2. Watch. watch. They're in Spain. They're sexy Spaniards. It's the best one of the Cheetah Girls. It really is the best one of the Cheetah Girls by a wide mile. Mm-hmm. Xenon the Zequel. Watch. It's Xenon. Need we say more? Halloween Town 2. Calabar's Revenge. Go to sleep. sleep. It's Halloween Town Sleep. Twitches 2. Sleep. sleep. Alley Cat Strike. Oh, no. Why didn't I pick that one? Okay. So I love Alley Cat Strike, but it's at 425 in the morning, you guys. And sleep. You can sleep. Okay. Saturday. You wish. Sleep. sleep. It's, it's an so, awkward movie. It's so boring. Right. The Proud Family movie. Watch. I love The Proud Family. I would always watch that. Sleep. The movie is about talking peanuts. Ugh, you're awful. Quince. Watch. Quince Kimberly J. Brown. I'm sorry for what I said. You're great. It's amazing. Okay. Horse Sense. 11.25 a.m. Watch! I said sleep. Although I'm, I'm debating it now because Joey Lawrence is so sexy. You don't want to miss his sexiness. Yeah. Cowbells. Skip. Chris is going to take his lunch break then. I adore cowbells. Allie and AJ are my thing. Watch. Watch Easy A if you want Allie. <laughs> Twitches. Eh, sleep. You can take your lunch break if you're on Danny's schedule. The Even Stevens movie. Watch. Watch. That's a classic. Shia LaBeouf even laughed while watching it recently. Oh, yeah. Camp Rock 2. Oh, sorry. Wizards of Waverly placed the movie. Watch. Watch. Selena Gomez. Duh. Camp Rock 2, The Final Jam. Skip. Princess Protection Program. 
Maybe I'm just showing my penis too much, but I just don't really care. Oh my god, this is one of my favorites, you guys. The best breakup movie ever because it's all about women and women's friendships. Watch Selena and Demi at their finest. The Cheetah Girls, One World. Z. No, no, skip it. Xenon Z3. Yes. Watch, I really love this one and always look for the Zs because there is a big competition for that. <laughs> it's Xenon, so watch it. Halloween Town High. Skip it. The 13th year, watch. Wake up at 420, maybe have some 420, and watch <laughs> it and make masturbation jokes. Yes. Sunday, May 29th. Right on track. Sleep. Sleep. Full Cart Miracle. Sleep. Any Million Dollar Cook-Off. Sleep. Sleep. Oh, I gotta do- say one thing, though. Right on track has Brie Larson in it. So if you're a Brie Larson fan, 6 a.m., do that. This is kind of like a low-rent Disney sports movie um, or competition movie package that I don't really care about. Okay. Um, but we're continuing on with the sports themes, and here's the ones that you want to catch. Brink. Watch. watch. Double Teamed. Watch. watch. Rip Girls. Watch. And Motocross. Watch. My favorite Disney movie. Oh, those are, that's a great subgenre of sports Disney movies. It is. Cloud Nine. No idea. Dinner. I don't, that's not a thing. Teen Beach 2. Skip eh. it. Bad Hair Day. Skip. How to Build a Better Boy. Skip. I resent that. Pixel Perfect. It's horrifying. Skip it. The Other Me. Skip. Yeah, skip it. 4.30 a.m. Genius. Watch. Watch. Monday, May 30th. Stuck in the suburbs. Sleep. Sleep. Halloween Town. We both said you could sleep. Yeah, I mean, I know that's kind of blasphemous, but just wait for the lineup coming after. There's only so much Disney you can watch in one sitting. Yes. Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. Watch. Watch. Best Picture winner. Smart House. Watch. watch high school musical watch. why would you ever miss that you're watching it. no 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 you're camp definitely. rock watch. watch the descendants watch i would watch. also like to give a shout out to sophia carson who was a classmate of mine and is lovely in that movie um teen beach movie watch, watch. cadet kelly yes <laughs> Sheeta girls sleep. sleep and johnny tsunami at 3 35 a.m closing watch. it out watch thank you danny for this wonderful episode it has been can i just take a little moment and say it's been so great doing this with you i really loved every minute of it and if you want to see more of us in person if you're in los angeles we have a show that we co-wrote co-directed and are starring together called frenemies Frenemies. a love story do it you guys we are performing at the mccadden theater in hollywood on sunday june 5th at 2 30 p.m saturday june 18th at seven o'clock p.m Sunday, June 26th at 4 o'clock p.m. Uh, I'm really proud of this legitimately. I really, um, it's been a pleasure working with Danny and how talented she is. Oh, thanks. And um, I'm really excited to perform this. And also, we really need money, so please, oh. please come. Um, it has been a great first 10 episodes. I'm going to put some tiny little thoughts in there. I went rollerblading, you guys. I can't do it. And number two, I also think there is a good chance that the 13th year is based off of Moses from the Bible. Okay. All right. Good for you. Yep, yep. Bye. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.